Welcome back to Sports Call. Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, Tom Peavy with me here here on this Wednesday evening. Uh, T.P. Hammock running the board taking your phone calls with that. Let's go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. We welcome on Joe Bartle of Roto-Wire back uh, after a week uh, off from the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. Joe, I hope you had a very happy Thanksgiving. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing well. Hopefully uh, the holidays were wonderful you guys as well, too. It was, it was great to have football on uh, Thursday, Friday, and, of course, Sunday. And with six teams on by this week, I'm actually hoping we'll get better football than whatever we watched on Thursday and Friday, which was really bad games besides my Packers. I was about to say, Joe, I, I, you were you have been incredibly low. And I'm not saying it wasn't always <laughs> fair, but you have been incredibly low on the Packers. And they're now, they're now in that beautiful in-the-picture graphic of the NFC playoffs. So, I mean, it, it, they're, they're making improvements, man. Yeah, not only am I uh, thinking they're in the picture, I actually think they will make the playoffs, uh, which is something I never would have thought, certainly a month ago. But even uh, during stretches over the past two or three weeks, it's like, oh, great, great. Um, wins and losses doesn't really matter. The season was going to be washed, but you wanted to see improvement from Jordan Love, and I thought we saw that. I thought we saw play calling improvement. Um, I'm, I'm still, I think it's just been years and years of uh, complete turmoil at defense that has me convinced something is going to go and the, you know, the other shoe is going to drop, but even the defense has looked pretty good. But really look at the rest of the season schedule for the Packers, and while it's going to be a difficult win, by no means I think they will beat the Chiefs uh, in Lambeau this Sunday night. But so long as they get one of uh, the Vikings-Buccaneers game or and Vikings is in Minnesota and provide they win a week 18 against the Bears, I think that schedule 9-8 uh, and eight, gets the last spot in the NFC. And they play the Panthers and they play the Giants yet as well, too. So there are some wins yet on the table for the Packers that I, I actually do think they're going to sneak in and get obliterated by the 49ers, but they will sneak in uh, to the playoffs. Hey, we love to, to watch our team play an extra game of football, even if uh, e- even if we know it might not go well. So, Joe, let's uh, let's look at some of these storylines as we head into another week. Uh, there are a couple of surging teams that are very interesting in the AFC, uh, playing with the Broncos and Texans game. Mm. Uh, C.J. Stroud has continued to not show any sort of drop-off here in this rookie season, while the Broncos have just turned absolutely everything around since uh, week four or five. Uh, I don't know if there's a, necessarily a particular fantasy uh, implication in this game, or uh, I know we've asked about the, the Broncos surge in recent weeks too, but just what do you think of these two surging, surging teams? I, I'm glad you brought this game up because it really is intriguing to me and in a lot of same ways that the Saints and Falcons was last week, and it ended up being kind of a dud, and I don't think either team is very good, but uh, really decides what is going to happen in the NFC South in the next couple weeks. I, I do think this Texans-Broncos matchup is going to be probably the bigger decider come week 17, week 18. I think the tiebreakers between those two teams are really going to matter for one of those last playoff spots. And I know the NFL would love to see C.J. Stroud in there and have the Texans be relevant for the first uh, time in a while, but I, I just would be surprised if this is a game the Broncos lose. For as great as Stroud has been, I think the one advantage the defense of the Broncos has is the secondary play, and specifically Patrick Sertan. And I, I think that defense can do enough in the way the Broncos really ball control like the Seahawks last year. They can beat bad teams um, pretty effectively with that game plan. I, I believe the Broncos are an equally bad team. Like I don't think they're especially fun to watch. I don't think Russell Wilson has suddenly returned to his Seahawks glory. It, it still feels like a very 
lesser version of them, but they're winning games with their defense and with the running game, and I, I think that's where the Texans could struggle. So this is in obviously in Houston, but I think the Denver Broncos win this. And uh, from a fantasy perspective, Stroud's rest of season schedule actually is pretty difficult. He might just be good enough, and he might uh, in this offensive system still be completely fine, be a top five fantasy quarterback. But if you have him, and especially this being the week of the trade deadline for a lot of folks in fantasy, I wouldn't be opposed to trading C.J. Stroud if you could get some sort of value at running back or receiver or tight end, especially considering he was widely available on waivers. Like You, you could probably have picked him up uh, and might have better starting options. So I, I would at least consider trading Stroud if I had some good offers out there. And then looking at the Jets, um, Joe, obviously Aaron Rodgers has just been activated with the 21-day window to come off IR, all these things with the Achilles injury. Um, but I, I do want to ask you, do you really think that he's going to come back and play? Like, do you think that's something that actually has a chance of happening? Because it could affect, you know, kind of the later end of the season with players like Garrett Wilson and, and how that receiving core goes along. So uh, just kind of what do you think about Aaron Rodgers and his chances of actually coming back from this Achilles injury? Yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers and I are pretty similar in the sense that uh, neither is going to play for the Jets this season. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm incredibly confident that there, there's just no way. I don't think the Jets win any of these next three games. And, of course, he's been activated. He has a 21-day window to end up playing. But just because you have been activated to practice does not mean you could play. And right. Rodgers has been saying it now for a couple of weeks that if the team is in contention, I think the Jets are more in contention for a top-five draft pick than they're going to be <laughs> uh, from a playoff perspective. So, no... I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to play. I, I think this has been an intentional thing for a while. And he has been, I'm, I'm not even saying this is a negative. Rodgers, really throughout the duration of his career, but especially the latter stages, like 30 and onward, has been very unique in finding ways to motivate players, motivate teams. Uh, and I, I can say this instantly as a Packers fan. I, I think this has been a motivational ploy to, to try to get the Jets to play better, to continue to rally around Zach Wilson, that there's going to be, um, the Calvary is going to return at some point. And, I would be worried as a fan of Aaron Rodgers if he were to try out there behind that offensive line with the injury that he had. But I, I think this is a motivational tactic. And unfortunately, uh, they just rode with Zach Wilson for too long. And I don't believe, I actually think Tim Boyle is significantly worse than Zach Wilson. So, no, I, I don't think Rodgers plays this season. Uh, unfortunately for fantasy managers, have Garrett Wilson. Jamar Chase is kind of in the same boat. They have the upside, you know, to get 100 yards, to get a touchdown, to have some of that junk time production, but the it's it's just it's, it's uh, the the ceiling I should say is completely handicapped now at this point in both those guys' players. Joe, I know that let's let's go to the game of the week here taking place in the NFC between the Bucks and Panthers. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the 49ers <laughs> and Eagles. Uh, these two teams, the prohibitive NFC favorites coming in the season. I'm not sure a lot's changed unless. Uh, people are convinced that Dallas is not going to have the dramatic dramatic bow out of the postseason. Uh, so when you're looking at this matchup, Philly, I mean, clearly the best record in the league. Big win against Kansas City, big win against Buffalo last week. San Francisco had the, the three weeks in a row where it was just going off the tracks and Purdy was, you know, the market was adjusting to him. How will he fare? How will his weapons fare uh, in a game at Philadelphia? So I do the the big betting sheet. That's what I've called it now, uh, and I've done it now for every every week for uh, the entire season. So we've gone now picking against the spread, uh, picking over unders for all twelve weeks, which has been a lot of fun. You can find that on my Twitter if you really care. It's JB Fantasy Sports. But I I bring this up to say I've never seen a more suspicious line than the Niners favored by three at Philadelphia. 
when Philadelphia has the best record, they just came up a great win against the Bills, who I, I actually thought that was another one where uh, no idea why the market had the Eagles only four-point favorites over Buffalo when Buffalo looked so bad, and the market ended up being correct for, for a lot of those instances. This is one of the more suspicious lines I've seen Vegas have the entire season. And Vegas is Vegas because they've made money on these specific things. So that the Niners are favored has me wondering, like, is there an injury we don't know about? Is Jalen Hurts' knee thing? Did that start acting up again? I know there's that stat that, you know, when Lane Johnson plays, the Eagles are uh, like 750 win percentage, then uh, under 500 or close to 500 when he doesn't play. Well, I think Lane Johnson will be available, so it can't be that. I don't know why Vegas has the Niners favored by three. I would sooner think it's a reversal, and they're never wrong about these things. So that alone has me nervous. But just if I'm looking on paper, I understand the Eagles' defense. It hasn't been as good um, as past seasons, but it's, it's still competent enough. got plenty of players, plenty of veterans. And the Eagles' offense is more than capable of attacking this Niners' defense. I know they look good with Chase Young now here, but they have warts as well, too. So I'm, I'm shocked by this. I, I'm, I have picked the Eagles. Uh, plus three, I think the Eagles went outright. And you're right, uh, the beginning of the season was Eagles, 49ers. That has not changed. I think the Cowboys will curb stomp whatever NFC South winner ends up coming uh, as the 4-5 matchup, and then we'll see. Uh, the one downside is do we think the Lions really are competitive in the NFC? And I, I didn't think they were going to be competitive entering the year. They are certainly better than I thought they would be, but it's the level in which the Eagles and 49ers are playing right now that has them among the Super Bowl favorites for a reason. And I, I, I don't really think the Lions trajectory or the Cowboys, whatever they do, or anybody else really changes that. Joe, looking at the Miami Dolphins, uh, their, their backfield right now, uh, what's the situation there? Uh, if you're a fantasy owner, where, where, do, you, where do you lean looking at, uh, at that situation right now if you're trying to figure out the running back situation? Yeah, so it's Raheem Mostert all the way. And I, I want to take this time to talk about uh, Bertolaire's strength of schedule tool, which uh, I don't know if you guys are, are looking ahead of that stuff in your fantasy leagues or the listeners are, but uh, if you are trying to acquire people for a playoff push, we actually have that on the site where you can look up, hey, from a ranking the PPR perspective or just standard half-point PPR, we have it all set based off of how teams have played this season. We also have some data and stats in there that's incorporating some bad luck measures into it too or just different schematic things because i think that the base idea is oh well you know let's just say uh broncos are ra- uh, rated 31st and the chargers are rated 29th so therefore the chiefs who play in both uh should have one of the better ones well no it doesn't work like that you, like beginning season week one defense does alter from week 12 and we have some data that kind of uh figures into that so the dolphins i think were either fourth or fifth uh in terms of best rest of season schedules for raheem mustard and company and i think that's where it kind of starts off but Devon A. Chan, he's been banged up. He'd just been activated off an injury reserve last week, then had the knee injury almost immediately. Um, you had Selvin Ahmed, who had replaced Jeff Wilson's number three back. That matters because the Dolphins have been in so many blowout opportunities. Well, he's now done for the season. Jeff Wilson returns uh, as a viable guy that, if you are in deeper leagues, matters. I would sooner assume Raheem Mostert, um, rest of the season is clearly a must start, and that you could get Devon A. Chan involved in deeper leagues but i just get a little bit nervous um especially for a smaller guy who's so reliant on speed a knee injury to that extent would make me uncomfortable uh especially as we really get to go time 
uh, in the fantasy playoffs in the coming weeks. Well, see, Joe, the, the reason this is being brought up right now is <laughs> may or may not, like as this conversation starting about 10 minutes ago, maybe or maybe not, there was a Devin H. Achain and George Pickens for Kyron Williams trade. Maybe that, maybe. Oh. Maybe that happened. I'm just, just according to my source. Interesting. And, of course, Kevin Williams has been, like, the darling of the fantasy community. He was Puka Nakua for the first couple weeks of the year. And then we're going to end with a different Rams player in Kevin Williams who just gets activated off injured reserve in his own right. I, I would sooner take the Kevin Williams side of that deal, especially if you need a running back. I'm not convinced the new change at offense coordinator makes George Pickens viable. And that really actually is, I think, the linchpin for that deal to be um, closer to a 50-50 split. I just think Kenny Pickett sucks. Like I, I don't think he's the best quarterback. I, I think um, we get we get to watch so many uh, Tim Boyles and Tommy DeVitos of the world that we kind of get like, oh, you know, Kenny Pickett Steelers are winning. Like, no, that guy is awful. There's gonna be four or five quarterbacks drafted this year that I think play better and are more competent at quarterback than Kenny Pickett is. So no matter if it's you or I calling plays, there's a deficiency at the person throwing the ball to George Pickens that you just can't overcome. So I, I think that's kind of the downside uh, to that kind of deal. But, you know, so I get worried that the pumpkin will kind of turn around with Kyra Williams, too. At some point, if Matthew Stafford were to get injured or Cooper Cup or Nakua were to get limited to the extent that they can't play anymore, there's so much extra work getting put on Kyra Williams already that uh, it would make me nervous. It would certainly make me nervous. But you, you cannot deny what he has done really over the past six, seven games now that's a large enough sample size that it's uh, he clearly is one of the top fantasy options, I think, every week moving forward. He's Joe Bartle of Roto-Wire joining us today on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Joe, before we let you get out of here, uh, just real quickly, as you said, trade deadlines here, also just a couple weeks from playoffs. Uh, give us one or two players that you think are kind of flying under the radar that have better value than I think the, the at-large community is giving them credit for. Yeah, we talked about on the Tuesday Word Aware podcast. You can listen to that wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Jaden Reed, Packers receiver, I know, I'm, I'm home or take right here, was still available in 45 or 46% of leagues on Yahoo. And, you know, that could be even different on NFL.com leagues or ESPN, but that he's available in 30% of leagues, even in 10 team formats. Jaden Reed has clearly developed into the number one receiver for the Packers. They've schemed things for him. He's still getting running opportunities involved, too, on jet sweeps and stuff. And I, had mentioned at the top of this segment here, their rest of the season schedule is really good. Say what you want about will they beat the Vikings in Minnesota? Can they beat the Packers in Chicago? Or I'm sorry, can they beat the Bears in Chicago? There's, those are still really good defensive matchups. The only one rest of the season uh, that would really be concerning to me is this Chiefs matchup. Rest of the way, you can play Jaden Reed. I think you can play Christian Watson at times, Romeo Dobbs, but that's one of them certainly. Uh, and I think now, moving forward, Zach Moss becomes another fantasy relevant option, too, with Jonathan Taylor likely sideline for at least two to three weeks. Uh, he was available in at least, I think it was 45% of leagues uh, prior to Tuesday when the news dropped. That probably changed now, too. But you can confidently start Zach Moss and say he will be a, a running back one on your team moving forward. He's Joe Bartle of RotoWire joining us today on Sports Call. Joe, again, how can our listeners uh, find and consume all of your work at, at RotoWire? Yeah, we talked about JB Fantasy Sports on Twitter every Friday. I'm on SiriusXM Radio, Channel 87, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. We're always talking game previews, uh, player props as well, if you're into that. Uh, and then anywhere you listen to the podcast, it's the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Every Tuesday, we do the waiver wire stuff. A lot of uh, like top names, like I mentioned, Jaden Reed, that are probably not available in your deeper formats. 
we definitely drilled on in there. A.T. Perry, remember the name, uh, could be the number one receiver for the Saints this week if Alave can't play, Rashid Shahid can't play. That's a big match against that Lions defense. Probably uh, a loser leave town match for the playoffs, too. So uh, a lot of different ways you can find my content. He's Joe Bartle of Roto-Wire joining us today on Sports Call. Joe, as always, we certainly appreciate the time. Uh, we wish you well in the Packers endeavors. I know it's a tough one this weekend, but uh, as you said, the Seahawks, Vikings starting to leak a little bit. Uh, so we wish your Packers well, and we'll talk to you again next week. All right. Thanks for having me on.